everybody, it's Josh here from the Molten Meeple, and tonight on Journeys to Board Gaming, I have Connor McGooey. What's up, Connor? Hey, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. Uh, Connor's from uh, Inside Up Games, so uh, you might know some of his stuff. Uh, Summit, uh, my favorite, Gorse Maximus. That's one of yeah. my favorite, one of my favorite trick-taking games. Um, Block and Key coming out soon. Heather's Heather back that she's she's excited about that one, but uh, and she's patiently waiting. Thank her for me. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, you know, her working with a, a, a publisher, we, we realize, you know, more than some that's like, yeah, stuff's <laughs> just going to take long. Yep. I mean, I still have stuff I backed in, I think, 2017 that I'm waiting on. So I, I had a re- revelation <laughs> this past year, maybe that I was like the best and worst crowdfund supporter, whether it's Kickstarter or GameFound or whatever. I just uh, back and forget it. Oh, me too. Um, so, so it's dreamy because I'm never going to bug them until it arrives. But I'm also like not contributing to like the conversations <laughs> and discussions. I'm like, eh. That's that's exactly how I am. I hardly ever watch. <laughs> I, I, I'll look at the updates kind of when they pop on my phone. I'll be like, oh, yeah, update. But, yeah. Uh, other than that, I'm like, I, I have no clue. Like I'll see somebody on Facebook start getting a game and I'm like, I think I backed that. And I'll go look. <laughs> I did back that. I should be getting that soon. Well, my favorite thing is actually when the stuff arrives because so much is, I get so many samples, manufacturer's samples, and this and that, and this and that, and I always assume that's what it is. And once I open it, I'm like, "Oh, it's a board game! Awesome!" <laughs> I did that, and not that. and not one of my board games. Yeah, I did that with uh, crap. I can't remember what game it was, but it I I opened it up and I'm like, "Did I win this?" Like from some <laughs> like giveaway or something? And then I went back to it and I'm like, "Oh no, I backed it. Oh, it was Vindication." I oh, like, nice. oh, no, I backed that. I guess I did. <laughs> but yeah, that's nice. So, so yeah. Every once in a while, I'll get a, I'll get a box from um, a manufacturer that's trying to win me over, and they'll send me samples of some of their high-end games. So I'll have a bunch of games in my collection with like a sticker on it. I'm like, oh, it's, it's a good game. I always kind of wanted this game. Perfect. Yeah, I'll take those, too, if, if anybody's listening. Uh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about it. Uh, Connor, go ahead and tell everybody like um, where you work and, and what you do. Yeah, so uh, I run Inside Up Games. I guess I started it uh, six years, six or seven years ago uh, when I launched uh, Summit on Kickstarter. Um, and, yeah, I am basically the president or, as my business card says, the decider of all things. <laughs> and I did it solo, uh, so it's not fair. I'm... I did the majority of the work by myself with a lot of help from outside people, including my wife, uh, business, uh, my business partner, and then like uh, my editors, my booth staff. My, you know what it's like. Um, but just until uh, just recently, we started growing even more. So we're already up to 10, 11 SKUs already. And we've got uh, we've got three staff in the States and three staff in Canada. So I'm Canadian, in case anyone didn't know, from my goofy accent. Um, yeah, so it's Total going well. earlier. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's it's been really good. So the growth's been good. We had Earth explode for us earlier this year on Kickstarter, which is very nice. Um, and we actually just recently moved into uh, into a new local office space. So I'm finally out of the house and uh, giving my wonderful wife and kids a little bit of space. <laughs> yeah, I saw the pictures for that. It uh, and got your graphics up there and everything. It looks pretty cool. It's it's nice. I'm actually yeah, I'm really happy there. I'm trying to create a real creative environment for us to kind of flow in and so far it's going well. Alright, so um now we'll kind of get into some of the the meat of the episode here. Uh what did you do before you got into games? Like could do that I mean, as a living. Depends how far you want to go back. <laughs> um when I mean I went to school to college originally for film production. So I did that. I, I, but after a year of college, I actually got hired right out of right out of college to work on a movie crew that was filming going across Canada. Um, so I worked with them, and then I picked up and moved right afterwards because they kept employing me. So I unfortunately didn't even finish school, but I didn't need to because I got work uh, working in film. And then I met my wife, or my wife to be at that point, I guess. Um, we moved back here, and here being my hometown of Thunder Bay, which is in northern Ontario. Um, and I started a project management company building uh, custom timber frame homes and cottages and additions. So I basically ran a construction company for about nine years, I guess. And then during that time, I had an old uh, medical problem. Uh, my guts, which I was born with a um, stomach issue, and it, uh, it acted up in my throughout my 20s and again in my early 30s. And uh, that led to an internal blood leak, which couldn't be found. 
So it meant I was taken off the job site for a while while they ran all sorts of radiation through me to try to figure out what the heck was going on. And that allowed me to focus on board games, um, which uh, yeah, allowed me to launch Summit uh, almost exactly six years ago. So yeah, not not a great reason to get into it, but hey, the, you know the results the results are there. Exactly, yeah, it's, it is really funny because I, I mean I was fairly good at my job. I think I was successful. I ran it for a while. We were we were comfortable, um, but as I've said on other podcasts too, I wasn't the best version of myself. Um, I was just really stressed and trying to you know keep people happy that are very difficult to keep happy. Um, and I, I wasn't a very good you know husband or father for my for my kids. And uh, I think the kind of the blood leak was a was a you know a blessing in disguise to kind of help me refocus on what was important. Um, and then, but the, at the same time, that construction uh, it, it gave us the security we had. So we got you know our house before the market went crazy. You know our vehicles were paid off early, so we didn't have debt. So when I did make that transition from construction to board games, I already had a safety net in place um, from years of of work. Um, and I mean, I chewed through it. Uh, getting the company going and all that sort of stuff, but I, I definitely couldn't have done it without having that that safety net in place. And yeah, that's you know I'm in I'm in a trade and it's it's not not the best job, but you know like you said it 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 makes money, it gets us everything we need, and uh, lets me buy all these freaking games that are everywhere. <laughs> I mean the best the thing I miss the most about it, besides some of the amazing friendships, uh, is just a sense of accomplishment at the end of the day. In construction, you could walk to a job site and there's nothing. And by the end of the day, you've literally put up a timber frame or the shell of a house or a roof or a floor or whatever it is. You're like, yep, I did that today, literally through sweat equity, <laughs> uh, right? Whereas now I could be like, ah, I've answered 47 emails and I've gotten 200 replies. Great. Yeah, that's that's, that's where Heather's at now because she's, she's in uh, – I can hear one of my cats yelling out there. But, yeah, she's in customer service for Chip Theory and it'll – you know, she'll be like, oh, I, had, I got 70 tickets and then like answer most of those. And it's like, all right, now I have 150 replies to do. <laughs> and it's like, it, it, it's crazy. And every once in a while, you're just there being like, don't, you don't have to reply to me. It's fine. <laughs> do, just let, take my reply as the end and we're good here. She was doing that the other day. She was going through. She's like, I got all these replies, but a lot of them are just like, thank you. That helped. And then exactly. It's, you know, just, then it's gone. So. Uh, <laughs> so. um before before you started making games, um, how did you get into playing hobby games? Yes, so it's funny. I mean, hobby games I wasn't really aware of. I mean, as a kid, we played a, a ton of board games. We didn't have a TV growing up. My mom hated television, <laughs> uh, even though my father loved television. Um, so she basically told him that the day a TV comes in the house, she leaves the house. So we didn't have a TV. Um, but I have uh, two older siblings, one younger sibling, and we played a lot of board games, played a lot of cards growing up, and we played like the you know the standards um, that everybody kind of talks about, you know, all the monopolies and stories and troubles and perfection and all those funny ones. But we also got a couple other ones. Like we we had, uh, I mean, Hero Quest was one of my, you know, my all time favorite as a kid, playing with my little brother Warren. Uh, we got so many hours into that, and then you know into the risks and into. Um, 13 dead end drive and rat race. I don't like the funny ones that are just like that one step away. Um, and then uh, as a teenager, so my mom actually bought my dad a TV for Valentine's <laughs> Day when I think when I think I was about 13 or 14. And it's so funny because I still remember it. He he happened to like have a nap at the same time it was being delivered. So my mom had it put downstairs in the basement, and then uh, they and they came in and installed it and left without him even waking up. And when he did wake up, she brought him downstairs and he sat down. And, and as a kid, we were so confused because he just sat there staring at it, like not reacting. <laughs> and we didn't understand why he wasn't more excited. And then it wasn't until you're an adult that you realized he wasn't sure what the TV meant. <laughs> right? What does this mean? So uh, what's that? I got it. Then I got into video games. Uh, then, as I mentioned earlier, I was, I was working in film and uh, a buddy there, Jeremy Milmine. He had me over, uh, my wife and I over, uh, with him and his girlfriend, and we played Blockus. And we hadn't, and I hadn't played anything in, in years, probably, besides cards, tons of cards, but not, not board games. Um, and so we played that, and it was really enjoyable. And the next time we went over, we played a different game of where it was. So then we, uh, my wife and I went out to one of the game stores in Winnipeg, and I'm blanking. I can't believe I blanked on what it's called. It's closed now. Uh, Pendragon Games, I think. 
And so we just wandered around looking at games. We're like, okay, hun, you pick one, I'll pick one. Like, whatever it is, or just pick something fun to kind of start up again. Can I remember what? So I, she picked Kingsburg, and I picked Betrayal at House on the Hill, I think. No, that's a lie. I'm wrong. <laughs> she picked, no, she picked Seven Wonders, and I was flip-flopping between Kingsburg and Betrayal at House on the Hill, and I picked Betrayal. Um, so those are kind of the, the next two that got us in more into the hobby world, more into that enjoyment. Um, but then the thing was, because I was running a construction company when we moved back home, I was just so busy all the time that when I did have free time, I wanted to be like hanging out with people. I wasn't interested in sitting in front of a dark screen playing a game with strangers around the world. Like, <laughs> just didn't appeal to me anymore. So that kind of got us back into the hobby. And then... Um, Every time, so that my wife's from Manitoba, and every time we'd go drive back and forth to visit, we'd always stop by a game store, add to the collection, add to the collection, and then here locally in Thunder Bay, uh, we have a, one of we have a couple shops, but one of our uh, the longest running shops is called the Game Shelf, and Jackie and Dave there have always taken good care of me, but I would just walk in and she would know us, uh, like like any good game store owner, <laughs> she'd know us and know what I like, and then I'd walk in and she'd be like, oh Connor, blah blah blah, have you heard of this one? This one's really big, try this, and she's literally recommended hundreds of games over the years, and I I think there was one that was a slight miss, <laughs> so she has like a 99.99% average, which is pretty dang good, so I just grew the collection, grew the connection, uh, the collection. And then, uh, yeah, and then getting into the hobby and starting to design and playing more outside stuff. Also backing other uh, Kickstarter, Kickstarters, backing other um, friends and publishers and just kind of like supporting the industry because the industry is so supportive. Uh, just kind of gets more and more games and I try more stuff and different things and get pitched a whole bunch of stuff now. So yeah, it's really good. Do you, uh, do you remember what your first Kickstarter was? That I backed? Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely do, because when I was designing Summit, I had no clue what Kickstarter was. So I was, I'd gotten better. I was sick, but I, they, they pumped me full of stuff and got me better. So I was, I was finalizing the design, and my brother-in-law was one of the guys who was helping me test it. And he came over one night, and he's like, so what are you going to do with this when you're done? And I was like, I don't know, see if Milton Bradley wants to buy it? Like, <laughs> like no clue what was, what was even out there. And then uh, he's like, you should try Kickstarter. And I was like, what's Kickstarter? So he, we open up a computer and he shows me. And the first project he shows me is Stone Myers' side. And I look at it and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. I want it. It's beautiful. And I am totally not ready for Kickstarter because my <laughs> stuff is Sharpie on a pizza box. Um, but that got me done. Then the whole rabbit hole went crazy. So then through that, I ended up following Jamie's stuff. Then I read. So Jamie you know, Stegmeyer of Stone Myers Games, for any listeners who wouldn't know that, seems rare. But anyways... He um, shares all of his information on his Kickstarter lessons back when he used to do crowdfunding. Um, so I read all of his lessons, read his books, um, read a whole bunch of home, which other guys, Jay Matthew, John Rott, all their stuff. Uh, researched it like crazy. Uh, but yeah, that was my first one. And then I just kind of diversified and I tried backing different games and different projects to kind of follow and kind of see how they did it, learn from what I thought worked well and didn't work well. Um, yeah, I was actually talking to Jamie for a, an audio only one that's going to come out later. And, and he said one of his, one of his um, reasons that he got into board gaming was that he found Kickstarter and thought it was cool. And he wanted to do something on Kickstarter and he didn't know what he wanted to do on Kickstarter, but he had, you know, he started working on viticulture and he's like, I'm going to make this game for Kickstarter. And then that's, you know, kind of how he got into it. He's a very clever man that Jamie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. That was a fun conversation. Well, It'll it'll be up eventually. I got to do some editing on that. I kind of stumbled through because I was like, I've, you know, you I've talked to before. Most of the other people I've had on, I've kind of, you know, I got a little bit of rapport with. You know, that's that was the first time I talked to him, so I'm like, kind of nervous and like stumbling <laughs> a little bit. And, I don't know, but it's he's, a little bit easier when su- you know the guy. And he's such a sweetheart. He's yeah, such he, a nice guy. He was he was so like easy to talk to though, and like you yeah, know, he's you know yeah, he's but, very kind. I, I like him quite a bit. So, um, you, you talked about kind of, kind of moving into those games. What were the first, like, kind of heavier, heavier games that you got into? Um, what would be the heavier games? Um, I mean, I love when people ask my wife what she likes to play because she always says she's a light gamer. Um, cause some of her favorite light games are games like Kingsburg and Terra Mystica. 
<laughs> which no one believes is that yeah. light of a game. <laughs> yeah, just the just light ones. Just the light one. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how we got... I guess we got into them just through recommendations probably from Jackie as our kind of... as our understanding and our skill increased. And of it's course, nice now to, that I... It's nice to have that person that... Yeah, like you right? said, that curating kind of, your games for you. Yeah, that kind perfect. of knows what you like, and you guys kind of like the same thing. Yeah, and then you get into a whole bunch of stuff, like getting into um, Ignacy Trevichek's, um Robinson Crusoe um, was so good. Um, and then what? What heavy games? I think Caverna was one of the first, like, oh yeah, yeah, kind of games that yeah, i got sure. into and like i just fell in love with and then i'm like i need to buy everything uve like yeah of course it's funny because i'm i'm looking around this room because this used to be my game room but now <laughs> that i moved to the office all i can see are like the couple games i kept here like my, that were in my kids part of the collection <laughs> like none of these are heavy games um yeah i mean um and then yeah getting into everything enjoying um oh my god my brain just stopped working cloud spire um, Gloomhaven, um, Blood Rage. I'm trying to think of what games are on my shelf. And these are all physically heavy games. <laughs> yeah, they don't have to be. They don't have to be a, a thinky heavy. They just have to be physically heavy. Exactly. Uh, but I, I, I genuinely and generally <laughs> like pretty much all sorts of games. I love card games, I like abstract games. Um, the issue that I've had, which you hear, I think everybody complains about these days, is just time. Yeah. Like, I don't have that much time for the really epic, big, long games. Oh, that's um, I, I love campaign games. I have. Yeah. I mean, we actually played through Gloomhaven, but that was that was my first Kickstarter that I backed was when they did the oh, second crazy. Gloomhaven. But, yeah. um, you know, I got Tainted Grail, which we never made it through, and then I got Dystone Adventures, and I got, I don't even, The Legends of Sleepy Hollow. I, I have so many of those campaign games because I love them. But then it's like, when do I play it? Like, I, I don't have time to play it. I get it. We started Gloomhaven and we got, I'm guessing 30 or so quests into it. I don't even know, but I'm guessing because a couple of us are retired characters and we're well into our second. Um, we have charter stone, which we started, but then again, because of the way the groups were and the people in it, like that one, we're only probably halfway done. I have Seafall on my shelf that's opened, but haven't played a single part of it. I haven't read the, I haven't even opened the rule book. We did get to finish um, Charterstone too, but we did oh, buy did Rise nice. of Fenris, and we've only played a couple. The side, oh, right. size Rise of Fenris, and we've only played a few yeah. of those. Actually, I think that's the only side piece I'm missing. I have the rest of it. My son really enjoys side, which is it's fun to watch him strategize as we play that. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, um, my first kind of. Not, you know, we played Carcassonne, we played Ticket to Ride, and, you know, Catan, and my buddy brought over Scythe, and we played it, and we're like, all right, we have to go buy this. So, <laughs> the bad thing is where we're at, we're kind of in, like, north-central Ohio, but not close okay. to anything, so everything's an hour, hour and a half away. So, we just started, like, circling. Like, we'd go west an hour oh, and a half, right. and we'd find a board game store, and we're like, eh, you know, that one was all right. So, then we'd go north northwest, and then north, and then... Until we finally found um, an FLGS up in uh, North Olmstead that is a good one that we like, good people. And like you said, they always they like the same kind of games we do. They they back Kickstarters and stuff, so they always have Kickstarter editions of stuff if we miss something. And um, yeah, so but that's what we were just going around trying to find Scythe. Like I want to find. We, we've got to have this game. <laughs> and then once we were there, we're like looking around, like, oh man, we got to have all these games. Yeah, there's so many good games, and especially because there's so much work put into like the visual visual appeal, the art, the components. Like, there's just so much stuff that's just almost show pieces, right? Where it's like it's just beautiful to look at. Yeah, I just I bought I picked up uh, Foundations of Rome. At, at <laughs> I was I got that before it sold out, and and it's such a like simple, you know. There's three actions you can take. It seems like a simple, it's easy to teach, but there's so much depth in there. And like you said, the components, you get these big buildings you're placing out and you're moving back and forth. And and Emerson's just really good at taking those simple concepts and making a deep, you know, thinking game out of. another absolute sweetheart. Oh, yeah. That man is so kind. 
he was one of the first person or first people we met um like a designer when we went to origins i think the year that uh the year that spice road was it spice road yeah i think it was the oh, year maybe. spice road came out um, 2018 maybe yeah it came out at origins yeah. and like we ran in and got a copy and he was like there like selling copies and so yeah that was he's such a nice guy i haven't seen him for years yeah yeah i haven't seen him in a while either um but yeah that yeah it was 2018 because that's the year we got in we got in his media so we got to go in early and they actually had some set up and we're like can we buy one yeah they're like yeah we can, we can sell a couple so <laughs> we got to meet him and, and buy one there before before the nice. crowd came in yeah exactly but yeah like um almost everybody i've met i'm i say almost but i can't even really think of anybody that i've met but everybody's been like um so nice like you said in in the industry everybody's helpful um you know they just you know we met you like hey we backed goris maximus and you're like you get a hug and you know, that was like <laughs> i think that was 2019 um that and sounds right i think oh, I, I think it was yeah that sounds yeah. right i think you're right and and now every time we go to a convention, Heather's like, "Is Connor here? I got to go get my Connor hug." <laughs> I love it, <laughs> but it's you a, know, good, like it's you a said, good thing to be known for. <laughs> but yeah, everybody's been everybody's been great. Um, it's 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 a good hobby because we get to play cool games. You have some good puzzles, and you know to figure out which I love. You know that's what one of the biggest things I like about games is having that puzzle and like, how do I do this? You know, I don't want to technically min-max everything, but, like, how do I figure out this puzzle to try to do the best I can? Well, it's true. <clears throat> Pardon me. And that's one of the things I talk about to aspiring designers and to my development team and my testers, is that, like, the truth of the matter is people like feeling clever and being rewarded for clever play, right? So, it, and you're right, it's always, a, there's, it doesn't have to be a puzzle, but each game is a puzzle as you try to yeah. figure out the proper way of playing, it, right? What fits together well and you you want to be able to reward players for that, and that that's where that enjoyment comes from, right? If players are made to feel, feel stupid the whole time, they're not going to enjoy your game. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's you know, like you said, that's that's what I look for in games. It's like, all right, I know I have to do these twelve things, and I know I'm only going to be, be able to do five of them. Which five can I put together yeah. this time to do the best, you know, the best that I can there? That's what that's one of the conversations I had early on. So my business partner Joe is also like a childhood best friend. We've known each other for coming up on forty years pretty soon, um, and he's great. But whenever we'd we'd be he pardon me whenever we would be getting a pitch from someone, and our playthrough would be doing something like that, and he's like, oh, he's like it's fine, but I just like I just need like one or two more turns. I just need one more. T-. And I'm like Joe, some of the best games always leave you like yeah. that. We're like, oh, if I just had one or two more turns. Because then you want to play it again. You want to get better. You want to get better, right? Yeah, you're like I. I think I can do it. If I wouldn't have, <laughs> if I wouldn't have done this one turn earlier, and I would have done that here. So let's yeah. wrap it up and let's, let's, let's do it again. Let's do it again, <laughs> right? And Which again funny. is where that that shorter play time is nice for. We're like, all right, let's get in, get it done. Whereas if you're four hours in, you're like, well, I guess we'll do it next week. <laughs> and that's uh, that's what happened with Foundations of Rome the other days. Um, Salem, um, from Chip Theory, um they're staying here for the week and uh, we played a game and they beat me pretty bad but i made a move early because we didn't we didn't really know how to play it you know very much yeah. yet and i made a move early where i put this big building down like right off the bat and i'm like six turns later i'm like man i shouldn't have put that big building there i should have started <laughs> with some small buildings and then kind of because you can overbuild and like take your small ones out and put bigger ones on and I'm like, I just, like, there was one thing that I was like, I can get a bunch of points if I put this big building down. Well, I, I did that once, but the whole rest of the game I was screwed. Oh, but, interesting. But yeah, just like that. I got done and I'm like, it's midnight, but I kind of want to play again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I play a similar way. Just like, I'm not even worried about knowing the game inside and out. Just play it and I'll learn it as we play. And then that way my brain will start digesting it and I'll figure out what to improve upon next time. And, you know, I'm... There's some games that I'm really good at, some games I'm terrible at. One of my, it's in my top five Paladins of the West Kingdom. I still don't think I've ever won, and it's one of my <laughs> top five games. But I, I love yeah. that game, and I love, you know, that's another one where you get, you're figuring out your puzzle each time. What do I need to do here, here, and here? Yeah. And yeah, I, I still don't think I've ever won it, but it's still up there. <laughs> All right, so um, 
yeah, moving along, um, how now do you, I mean, I know you say you get pitched games at, at conventions or whatever, but what do you, what do you think is the best way that you've found, uh, come upon a game? Oh, good question. Um, well, let me see. Uh, so pitched at a convention was the most common one. So our first couple titles were always like that because that, that was pre-pandemic. Then um, throughout the pandemic, it's almost all through digital submissions through our website. We get tons of submissions. And then Chris um, siphons through them for me. And he, find, he picks out the ones. Um, early on in the pandemic, he picked out one uh, for me. And I tested it. And it was okay. And we started hummed and odd. Um, and I ended up t- you know, testing it out and then passing. And then a little while afterwards, there was one. And he got excited and he told me about it and I tried it. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So then we tested it. It went over really well. Um, and I signed it. And I was like, okay, Chris, just remember the feeling, that feeling you had in your belly. Whenever you have that <laughs> feeling, then bring it to my attention. And you're like, oh, like, when you're excited about it, that's when I'm excited. Um, you got to see this one. Yeah, right. So that, that's, the, that's the more common now. I mean, I did just get a couple of good pitches at Origins, which was nice. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it's been... It's been interesting, the darn, darn pandemic. Yeah. Do you find now that you're, you know, developing more and publishing more that it's harder to, you know, work on your own? Like, oh, oh with God. Your own designs or, you know, work on anything like that? Yeah, 100%. In the first 10 titles we have, I think seven of them are my designs. Um, and then I'm guessing that in the next 10 titles we do, two of them might be mine. <laughs> It's going to be a massive flip. I'm hoping. The reason I brought more uh, staff on was so that I can ideally get back to that. Because that's also one of the things I really enjoy. Um, but we'll see. It's just r- running. The downside to growing a beast is you got to keep feeding the beast. So um, when I know yeah, develop- I'm busy. De- development alone, like, you know, a game can change a lot. And and that's a, that's a lot of work in its own just you know sometimes you can come up with a design and be like hey this is a pretty good design yeah now take it and make it better and oh know. yeah one of the things i laughed about and i don't know the actual numbers in front of me because i wasn't smart enough to track it back then um <laughs> but like the the design uh and of and development of summit was so smooth um i came up with the ideas i tested the ideas the ideas worked and i and i refined them but the development was very natural because it's so logic based. Everything about the game, just you know, you want to carry more stuff. Okay, if you can carry it, if it can fit. Okay, you are now you weigh more. Now that you weigh more, you're slower. Like all the little pieces just fit together. <laughs> I can't cover my mic if oh. I have two earbuds <laughs> in. <coughs> Sorry, that's all right. <clears throat> We're talking a lot, so I apologize. Um, so yeah, so that one is very easy for me. But the funny part was is the, uh, the next game after that was an expansion summit. But then the next game was a, a cops and robbers dice game, like a really lightweight game. And I went through so many different things, like from it being like uh, not well, but it, it was definitely overly complex at some points where there was like the blueprints of the bank that you're trying to like read through to make sure. And then the SWAT team has to worry about the positioning and their elevations and all this stuff. And I kept going back and forth and we just went on and on and on. And I still remember one night I'm at the table and I was like, ah, I would get the, the bank heist part where I wanted it to be, but then the getaway part wouldn't make sense. And, and then, or I'd get the getaway part working and then the heist part wouldn't make sense back and forth, back and forth. And eventually my, I'm like complaining at the table. Like, ah, I'm just frustrated. And my wife's in the other room. And she's like, isn't it? supposed to just be a fun cops rompers dice game i was like yep she's like so why don't you just have a cop eating a donut and that one comment was like uh, and they got my brain going and then i like redid the whole game and it's nothing like it was originally yeah that's um i i got a little uh card game that i worked on a little bit that i'm still messing with and it's the same thing where it it has kind of a it's it's kind of a simple game, but then once you get to the scoring part, it's kind of complicated just because of the way I have it set up. But I'm like, do I want to change it and make it a little more easier to score, or just leave it complicated and like you know they'll figure it out after a time or two? And I mean, because it it it's intuitive, it makes sense the way it is. It's just that like cards score different, different. You know, but yeah, like you said, it's like, do I want to make this easier because it is a light like kind of 
just social deduction kind of card game or do do I want to have that little bit of you know thinkiness in there where and that's where I'm stuck at right now yeah exactly and that, <laughs> that'll all... yell something about right. cops and donuts at me exactly <laughs> yeah and you'll always get to that point I mean for the most part you get to a point where you're like you know what it's done even though you know it's never really done like there's always I don't I don't know if anybody thinks their game's ever 100% and that's what with uh I don't know if you've played Wonderland's War at all. Not um, yet. Ian used to live in Ohio. He moved down to Texas now. But, uh, you know, we met him and became friends with him. Ian Moss designed it. And uh, we got to see a really, really early, early version before he even had hardly any art or, you know. And he showed us how it worked. And then, like, six months later, we saw it again. And it was, like, completely different. But you know, still had the same feel, the same theme. You're still kind of doing the same thing. But everything's changed. And then saw it again six months later, and it was complete. And then the final version that we have is fantastic. But you go back and look at that first, you know, idea that he had and how it worked, and it's it's changed so much since then. But it works, and it, you know, it's a great game now. So no, it's awesome. No, I really want to play it. It's been getting crazy good reviews. Yeah, it's 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 really good. It has that you you know you have that quacks feeling with your building your bag and drawing it out, um, but then. Uh, your little area control also as you're putting your stuff out and trying to win stuff. Matt Felici's in the comments. He was talking about Summit earlier, and uh, <laughs> he did say, uh, I think he said wingsuit for the win. <laughs> but yeah. he also said woohoo war, uh, war hype because he, he was one of the ones that helped in that development on Wonderland's War also. So, Oh, nice. When, I, when I first met him, uh, it was Gen Con 2019. It was his first day at skybound and i was helping at the skybound booth that year and we walked in kind of like beside each other and i was like hey what's going on and met him and then they're like hey oh you just flipped sideways whoa what's happening here <laughs> why is it and it went small on my phone don't but, do uh, this go back to the call <laughs> go back the other way there it is there we go but uh they're you know they're like hey what's going on they met him you know it's first day on the job and they're like all right come over and watch this game you're gonna teach it the rest of the weekend <laughs> and he did a he did a wonderful job. Like he he did awesome. Like he jumped right into it. But uh, that's his Matt's a sweetheart. <laughs> Shannon's in here. Shannon said hi too now. Oh so. no, <laughs> she's trouble. <laughs> yeah, you tell her, tell her I'm not here right now to leave a message. We can't get too many Canadians in here at, <laughs> at one time. No, it's it's bad news for everyone. <laughs> so. Um, uh, you're you're doing uh, conventions. Are you you're going to be at Gen Con and and everything else too? You betcha. We'll do. Uh, what is the next order? Uh, we Gen are Con's in June. Like six weeks. Oh no! What do I have first? I have Breakout Convention in Toronto. Uh, yeah. Breakout, and then Gen Con. That's right. And then I think September on my local con, ThunderCon. September and October is Essen, and then PAX unplugged is December. Yeah, Heather might be going to Essen this year. I. I had a chance so to good. go, but I, I, I think I'm going to wait one more year just because, you know, we have a seven year old, and when we go off to conventions, we got to leave him here and with with the grandparents and everything, but not by himself in the house. That'd be epic if you left <laughs> the seven year old by himself. Yeah, he's he's pretty smart. He'll figure. He's it out. fine. <laughs> but uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, I don't want to leave him too many times, and then like now I'm not I'm not going to be able to go to PAX just because of the weekend it falls on, and I'm like, oh, crap, should have went to S. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love I love Essen. I've sorely missed it the last two years. It's such a wonderful convention. That's I'll, I'll get there someday. Like that's that's. Although the... it's funny, completely tangential conversation, but I, I don't know what it is. But I've talked to so many publishers about it over the years, and it seems like our experience is a little more unique than others. Because I recommended a couple people go, and it didn't go very well for them. So I'm not <laughs> sure what happened. So I, I got maybe I got to stop recommending it. But I love it. We love it. Of I, know, loves it. I know Mike from Elf Creek. He's one of my one of my uh, friends that I met, you know, and played a bunch of games with, and and you know, we went to uh, the Gamers Ranch and, and hung out and everything. But uh, he loves it. That's one of his fa- like his favorite things. Yeah. Like, just go to Essen and get a van and drive around Germany and. Oh God, yeah. And I'm like, I've been to been to the U.S. and Canada. That's about as far as I went. Windsor <laughs> is about as far as I've made it out of the U.S. For now. For, For now. now. Exactly. Um, I'd like to come to Thunder Bay just because that's a cool name for a town. Like it's Thunder so Bay, funny. Man. Yeah, it's 
it's it's even more funny because it was two cities called Port Arthur and Fort William. And then in the 70s, 73, I think, they joined up and they named it. And they had three names on the docket. And it was Thunder Bay, Lakehead, or The Lakehead. <laughs> and apparently Lakehead and The Lakehead split the vote. <laughs> and I'm kind of happy about it because... Really? The Lakehead? How many towns have the word the in it? Like, good work, Thunder Bay. Good work. Way to come up with a really genius name. Yeah, I can't think of any thes right now. (laughs) All right, so um, I think we'll get to our top five now. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So I got a thing, a little box here with some stuff that I just put random. Yeah, right. It's all the same question. (laughs) No, because last time I, I did pick one that I didn't want to do, and I'm like, acted like I didn't pick one, and I threw it on the floor and grabbed another one. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got. Oh, this is not board game related, but this was, should be a good one, especially since you didn't watch TV when you were growing up. Top five oh, movies. Yeah. Oh, that's not fair. That's a kind of possible <laughs> question. Okay, let me go. Um, so when I was a teenager, no, how old have I been? Yeah, teenager. My go-to favorite movie would have been The Usual Suspect because that's just such a brilliant movie. Oh. Um, it was, yeah, I think it was probably the original twist ending, if not the best twist ending. Um, oh, but that's so hard. I'll go ahead best. and give one of mine. Uh, All right. But now I, now I don't know because I wasn't thinking. I was listening to yours. Uh, mine are going to be weird because I have such a weird taste. Like, I like everything. Like, I like, you know, action movies sci-fi oh, yeah. fantasy and rom-coms um yeah so this is going to be a dumb one for most people for but for me a walk to remember is one of my favorite movies i don't know if i've actually seen it now you but now i want to watch it yeah, no i wouldn't i wouldn't why not <laughs> it's one of my favorites but that doesn't the mean o- it's good the only movies i don't enjoy are like horror or torture movies oh. i have no interest in that um i like the horror oh there's there's oh I I can't thrillers I don't mind psychological thrillers I don't mind but just Heather, like Heather won't watch them with me she does someone she like being mean and hateful yeah hurting someone no, good Heather things. just face palm because I said walk to remember <laughs> no there's there's so many good movies I mean the ones that were like mind blowing as a kid would have been like obviously the Star Wars movies uh, four five and six because uh, I'm that old not one two and three. Um, oh man, there's, there's one. There's so many movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna blank on the ones that were, and oh, it's hard because there's there's so the many good movies that also this. they haven't aged well either. Um, but yeah, that's the best part. I remember, that's why I like doing these uh, top fives with uh, just kind of knee jerk with with no preparation is because you're always gonna have stuff that you're like. I'm trying to think of recent top five. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I adored when it came out. I thought that was really, really good. Um, That I really liked. Oh, there's been a couple. uh, One of my next ones is uh, The Matrix. Yep. Oh, yeah. When that came out, that was fantastic. I I bought the DVD for that before DVD players. Like, before we had a DVD player, because I'm like, this is going to look awesome. Oh, yeah. That may have been one of the first DVDs that we got. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that was so great. Um, oh, I just had another one and I forgot it when you said the Matrix. The Matrix is a good answer. Oh, there's so many. There are so many good movies. And it's almost embarrassing when you go through a streaming service and you're like, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it. You're like, oh my God, how much of my life have I spent watching movies? It's crazy. All right, HBO Max, I've already watched everything there. Let's go to Disney right. Plus, already seen all that. <laughs> like, it's crazy. I remember loving Finding Nemo when it came out. It was just such a beautiful movie to watch at the time. Um, I would say almost anything Pixar. Like, yes, yeah. Like, oh, God. Up, the first up, half hour of Up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rip my heart out. Well, same thing so with good. Wally. The first, yes. The first half hour or so Wally. of Wally, where he's just going around and. Well, they're so good. I like really quirky movies, too. Lately, I really enjoyed uh, Hunt for the Wilder People uh, by Taika Waititi. It's it's such quirky humor, and I loved I it. Say, a I, movie I, I that like I like Taika Waititi, so I'll have to check that out. 
Oh, it's yeah, it's it's fantastic. The the acting is great. Um, the other one, which I was apparently in the perfect mind state to watch and enjoyed thoroughly, and then anyone who recommended it to hated, was Swiss Ar- Swiss Army Man, with Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe plays a dead body that Paul Dano manipulates the entire movie because he's stuck on an island. Weekend it's, Bernie style. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it's it's got that really like quirky edge to it, like Garden State. Remember that? I remember Garden oh, State yeah, being yeah. really good. I'm enjoying it a lot when it came out. Another one of mine that I can't, I can't forget is Gladiator. I was gonna say Gladiator because actually I just recently watched it with my son. Yeah, because he he wanted to watch something epic. So I was like, right, I here you that. go. I watched that so many times. Oh frick! Oh, and I got my first big screen TV and sound system. <laughs> I would just and because it, it was because DTS was the thing, <laughs> and I just burn shake the windows out of the house playing that one. That was a really good one for that. I mean, there was awesome movies like Heat. Heat's an amazing movie. Um, my older brother was into movies. He was part of Columbia House. Remember that used to mail you movies? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he did that, and then I was in film for a while, so we watched so many. Which is, again, funny because my mom didn't like TV growing up, right? <laughs> so um, I'm going to go do film. But there's so, so many. I really enjoyed the newest Batman. Did you see it? Um, No, not yet. It's actually. Wait, I don't, wait, I don't wait. Wanna... Yeah, 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 yeah. I did watch it. Robert that was Pattinson. really good. Yeah. It's darker, uh, but um, yeah, yeah. It was one of my because I'm getting so old and boring. One of my more recent complaints is the unnecessary gratuitous violence. Um, I think so many movies can do a much better job with implied violence. I don't need to see how good your special effects and makeup department is. Like I don't need to watch another person's head get blown out in front of you and watch their brains drip down something like I get that's what happens, but there's just, and there is some violent parts in it, but some of the better scenes in that Batman is the implied violence that you like hear or it's off screen or it's like, um, I really enjoyed it. It's probably, yeah. Michael Keaton was my favorite Batman for a long time, but I have a feeling Robert Pattinson might be supplanting him. It was, it was well done. Yeah. Everybody complained about it, but he's a good actor. Like, I mean, Oh, he was so much better than Christian Bale. Everybody's just so mad because twilight and, Oh, know, but that's, that's, it's, that's it's a movie. Baloney. You know, yeah. exactly. Who the hell cares? Like good, good on him for doing it differently for being like, he, it, it silly that prior to him, Batman had to be a dark, scary, you know, bad guy. And then a super happy playboy. Like yeah. what? Like this is the first time where it's like, he just, a grumpy guy the whole time, right? He's a, he's a little sulky emo Batman kid and that's fine. Um, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the detective aspects of it. Um, I thought, it, I thought it was well done. Um, speaking of, of Batman, Batman villains, one of my other uh, favorites is the Patriot it has Heath Ledger in it. My brain's no, is that a, is that a Mel, Mel Gibson, Gibson movie? Mel Gibson. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. One of his kids. Heath Ledger was so amazing in so many movies. He was amazing as a Joker, which is hilarious. I hated Christian Bale as Batman, but Heath Ledger was awesome as a Joker. Man, I have I have bins and like Rubbermaid storage bins and bins of DVDs in the basement that you just don't dust off anymore. The Fall was really really good by Tarsum, the same guy who did The Cell, I think it was called maybe, with um, Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. I don't know if did you see the? Have you seen the fall? No, I saw the cell. Oh, so watch the fall. I, it's 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 still beautiful. It was like filmed on I don't know six continents and took like five years and it's uh it's well done as well. It's a beautiful film. There's I'd so be remiss if I didn't throw in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh frick! For anything <laughs> Monty Python. If you're a fan of Monty Python, have you seen um, Falsy Towers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. It's so good. I love it. There's so many good things. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to think of other. I have so many. As soon as we're done the call, I'm going to think of like 400 more like top movies that That's I should the best have named. Part. I've, had, I've right? had people text me after we got done like, oh, I forgot this. Like... <laughs> But it's true. But I think that's one of the interesting things is just how much I we humans and we enjoy storytelling, right? We enjoy these stories. A, when I had Derek and Lizzie on, we had uh, I think it was best tile laying games, and like we went through the whole list and got done. And Lizzie's like, "I'm surprised you didn't say uh, Cascadia," and he's like, "That's my like number one game right now." He's like, "I completely forgot about it." 
That's what happens, right? You're so focused on trying to think of something that you're forgetting what's right in front of you. Yeah, that's what I. And I know, I know, I'm missing some for sure. You got to do. Let's do. Let's do one more. I don't know what mine is going to be. Man, I I mean, Saving Private Ryan when it came out was super impressive. Kind of want to run into the other room and be like, I know, right? And look at everything. Man, trying to like. I'm trying to think of what's in my DVD box. I went through it recently, but I'm like, that's not appropriate for kids. That's not appropriate for kids. That's not appropriate. <laughs> Princess Bride. Just oh, yeah. That's that's one great. of Heather's favorites. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I was talking about it earlier. Um, it's got to be somewhere in my top, you know, 10, 15. So, and it's the one I can think of right now, so I'm going to say it, but Labyrinth. Oh, uh, Labyrinth. I think I only saw it when I was little, when it came out. I think it terrified me. Like Willow. Willow terrified me when it came out. I was little and those those and pe- people that. turn into with, turn into with pigs. Oh really? Yeah. Would probably be good. Um but yeah, uh Labyrinth was just it was it was weird. It was you know, it had, you know, your your Jim Henson Muppets and stuff, crazy stuff going on and I don't know, that probably influenced my weirdness as I got older. But there's something so like I still have huge soft spots for movies that have actual puppeteering in it. Like yeah, it's not as smooth looking as the CG. But the issue with CG these days is like you're it's not as impressive to you because it it wasn't. It's I feel so bad because it is handmade. Uh, Someone had to sit there and code it and create it and light. Like it's a ton of work. Well, it's just impressive, but you, you see it so much. Like when Jurassic Park first came out, you're like, holy crap. That's right. Because, you know, every other movie's got that. They could do whatever they want now, right? They can make anything they want. They could fake it good enough to fool us. So now you just don't believe anything you see. Whereas back then you're like, oh my God, it's massive and it looks real. So yeah, you got one more. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy can put you on the spot oh there's so many I'm not even gonna I almost stepped terrified her too yeah that's because <laughs> she's smart <laughs> I almost stepped my, my toe into the series but I'm not gonna give a series that's gonna be another whole slew of responses uh, I'll throw one more that Heather just reminded me of because she's in the chat is your name it's uh Japanese anime from well, I don't think I know it. 20, 2018, 19, somewhere around there. Um, it's, it's a very good movie. Like we, I heard from like a podcast or something like, Hey, this is a good movie. Watch it. And it won like a bunch of awards, like all across the world. And uh, so we got it and watched it here and we like fell in love with it and watched it a couple times. And then for our anniversary um, that next year, they brought it back out in theaters in the U.S. and it was right around oh. our anniversary. So we went down to Columbus and like went to one of the big theaters where they bring you food and you can you know or, and sit there and like watched it in the theater and it was it's it's a really really good movie. Oh, I know. Really I neat story. It. It's, it's funny, and, you know. It's funny, sad. Like it has everything. Oh God, I remember when it came when you said sad. Green the Green Mile. Oh yeah, I remember that movie making me cry. See, I read those books too. Um, when he released those, Stephen King, when he released, I'm a big Stephen King fan. I got Stephen King stuff like tattooed all over my arm. Over here. <laughs> I can't see it, but, um, but when he released those, he released them in small, like little small books, and it was like once a month. Uh... So you would get like you know the first couple chapters, and then you'd get the next couple chapters, and so that was like a neat way to you know release a book and so i read all those when they came out and then the the movie was you know it's pretty pretty good adaptation i got it got it big fish big fish big fish is one of my top movies i love that movie i love uh tim burton yeah that's um, that's, that's trippy that's a trippy one yeah i watched i watched with the kids just a few days ago and something about it still it hits a chord with me um, I'm really close with my dad and my mom and my dad, but in Big Fish, it circles around the dad character. I mean, my dad's also a good storyteller, so something about that chokes me up whenever I watch it. It's very enjoyable. All right. Well, I think we made a pretty good. I think we actually did way more than five. So five. Oh, years, so. we had to have, and I could keep going. <laughs> so but many. 
that that's a big like you said that's a big subject that's hard there's just so many now i want to now i want to watch a bunch of them which isn't helpful <laughs> i have too much work to do um before we go i do see a guitar hanging back behind you you play guitar i do not i oh. play piano ah. my, that's that's my wife's guitar and then my <laughs> daughter's guitar is on that side you can't see it right now and then there's a keyboard there too i have a i got a ukulele up here hanging i, I don't oh play, nice i don't play it very well but i do i do play a little bit of guitar and i was in a couple bands singing so oh nice but no i play piano about all i can play i i can't play any of <laughs> any stringed instrument i played guitar not guitar piano as a kid and gave up after years and years because i was frustrated and i wish i never had so once i had kids we still i put them back in lessons and then the pandemic hit so we did the app lessons or whatever and now we can all play so we're playing say, for a few years i can teach you four easy chords on that guitar and you can play 300 songs <laughs> yeah but then my fingers hurt because oh, i have weak do. little fingers <laughs> oh, my, mine aren't mine aren't real weak but my fingers are short so when i have to start oh. playing bar chords and stuff it's like uh, reaching my, around yeah my arm's like oh <laughs> so T-Rex, i don't, I don't play, yeah i don't play bar chords unless i have to but that's hilarious yeah, my wife and my youngest daughter are doing lessons on the guitars, and they both enjoy it quite a bit. I just saw it there. I had to ask. Of course. All right. Well, um, Connor, thanks for coming on, hanging out with us. Um, thanks for having to, me. Good to see you last weekend. Get my Connor hug, and uh, good to, good to see you again tonight. Um, I think the next time we'll see you would be Gen Con. Uh, I hope so. And uh, we'll definitely be there. I got to work that one, so it's not going to be as fun for me. But they're always hey, we're, still we're, fun. Work at Chip Theory? Yeah, yeah. I usually work nice. with them. Um, Do you know what booth you guys are in? Um, I don't know what it is right now. Um, I just looked at ours today. We're like middle, but like back wall middle. I seen I seen people starting to post their booth numbers for it. So did they just yeah, put exactly. those out? No, they put it a while ago, but I think we're all back from Origins being like, oh, what's yeah. the next thing we got? We nobody, got nobody really cared until Origins was over. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I'll be there. We'll find you. We'll come and say hi. Um, Sounds good to me. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for telling your story. Yeah, thanks for chatting. Um, everybody else, um, next week we're going to have Chad Elkins from uh, 25th oh, Century. Watch he's right a sweet, okay. So many sweethearts. Chad's an yeah, absolute and, sweetheart. And Green Team was a big one at, at uh, Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Let's see what Shannon says. We're usually around the same spot, so that's what she said for Gen Con. Um, but yeah, we'll have Chad on, and the week after that I'm going to have Matt Riddle from uh nice. the dice game three sisters stuff like that um yeah um so tune in for those um we'll have this up in podcast form here in a week or so again connor thanks for coming out and we'll see you all next time